You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry. The con is over, Shay. We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. And it's 40 online classes defending the truth of the Bible. If you're interested in that sort of thing, if you want to uh, really be able to answer the hard questions about God and the Bible, you can check out my website. Uh, again, that's join.educateforlife.org. And on September 26th, coming up right here, right around the corner, I'm teaming up with APNA Hope. We're going to host a debate between Dan Barker. He's the president of the Freedom From Religion Foundation. He's an atheist, pretty well-known atheist. And uh, Dr. Andy McIntosh, who's flying all the way from England to uh, debate, does atheism make sense of reality? So it should be very interesting. It's at San Diego State University here in San Diego. Uh, That's a Tuesday evening, and I'm actually moderating the debate, so... I will be uh, telling people when they have to stop talking, and uh, I promise to be fair. So it's going to be a great debate. I hope you can make it out. should be a lot of fun. Uh, My guest today is Denise Schick, and she is with Help for Families Ministries. This is actually a ministry that she is the founder of. She's the executive director, helpforfamilies.com. The number four, helpforfamilies.com is her website. She's the author of My Daddy's Secret, When Hope Seems Lost, Understanding Gender Confusion, which is a faith-based perspective, as well as other publications. She's the founder of the ministry, and her goal is to compassionately reach out to family members and bring understanding of the emotional and spiritual issues that families face when a loved one is gender confused. And that's what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about gender issues. This is all over the news And uh, you see it in athletics a lot. We're seeing the NCAA is uh, relaxing standards uh, that deal with when somebody who has uh, been transgendered can uh, join the athletic team that is the opposite, uh, you know, a women's team, like a man who transgenders to a woman joins a women's team and these sorts of things. It's all over the news and there's a lot of controversy over that. Uh, But we're going to be talking about these issues today. Um, She has a led a church-based support group for people with sexual addictions. She served as administrator of family-related issues with Transgender Fellowship. She served as a program aide for an alcohol and substance abuse clinic and also served seven years with a Christian Pregnancy Center as an administrative assistant, counselor, and uh, implementing an abstinence program as the program director. She's also an ordained minister, holds an AS degree in psychology and a BS in community and human services. Uh, Denise, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. Yeah, it's a real privilege. And you have um, insight into this issue because of the life um, you've led, and um, you've come out on the other side of that and now are reaching out to others to encourage them and help them through these difficult issues. That's right. That's correct. So um, for our listeners, why don't we go all the way back to the beginning and just uh, share why this issue, why you have such a heart for this issue and uh, what you went through as a, as a child. Sure. Uh, 
growing up uh, in the environment that I had, my father just wasn't a real loving, you know, dotty dad. I didn't think much of it, just thought that he that was the way that he grew up and that that's the way he was. But at nine years old, uh, my father had taken me outside to, to sit with him. Uh, and even that to say, you know, can you come out and sit with me? First of all, for my dad to ask that. And you're like, what's what's this all about? Um, and his first words out of his mouth were uh, to me as he looked directly into my eyes is I want to become a woman. Wow. And you're nine years old. I'm nine years old. Oh, my goodness. And I was trying to to process that. I mean, first of all, it came out of nowhere. And I wasn't sure how, what this really meant, you know. And as fast as I'm trying to process this, he starts to reveal other details of his life and secrets of sorts to me. And so as a child, I'm thinking, understanding that I'm just a child and trying to figure out why is he telling me all of this? You're a child, he's an adult, and yet he just was revealing all of this stuff that uh, really no child should hear. Um, So by the time that conversation finished, I, in my naiveness, thought, that's dad, and I'm over here, I'm separate. You know, this isn't going to impact me because Mm. we're two different people. Yeah. But obviously, I found out shortly after that, that's not the fact, because I immediately started to grieve the loss of a father, understanding that dad didn't want to be my dad, that he wanted to become a woman that I didn't know, uh, and trying to, to, again, just say, how do you say goodbye to your father mm. in that instance? Um, as well as I discovered as I uh, started to mature very young, like at 11 years old, where my father became very envious of me. And that was because my body, I started to develop into a woman, wow. which is what he wanted so desperately. Now, what was going on with your mom at the time? My mom worked afternoons. And uh, so she, I never told her. My dad had told me this, but in my mind, I'm thinking if I tell so he my didn't, dad... he didn't tell your mom? He, he, he told my mom back when they got married that it oh. was something he struggled with. Oh, wow. But she had no idea, you know, of, um, of everything, of, of his activities. Now, did, was there a religious background there at the time? With, there was. I was raised Catholic. Okay. And so having that understanding, the foundation of God, uh, the fear of God, the love of God, and that's really what I had clung to. Yeah. Um, I had to cling to, to, to something, to somebody. Yeah. And that was all that I had, knowing, thinking, if I tell mom, this is going to make her sick. Or this is going to hurt her awfully if she knows what my dad had just told me. And, and because some of the things that he had shared also uh, detailed their relationship. Oh, wow. And some of the things in Now, there. did he share this with you because he needed somebody to to? to be able to air this out kind of, or what, what, what was going on there? I really don't know. Oh, okay. Um, that would be, you know, one inclination uh, of why that, that had occurred. I'm not really sure, Kevin, okay. why he thought to Now, did you have brothers this. and sisters that were also involved or? Yeah, I have, uh, I'm the oldest of five. Okay. And so one of the other issues that I struggled with was trying to protect them hmm. because, uh, obviously, you know, I didn't want my brothers to think being male, that if their dad, is struggling with this, that this is something, oh, you know, maybe I'm really not a boy. And so even understanding at that young age, the confusion yeah. that this could be. And Yeah, um, you were already thinking that through. That's amazing. I, I was already, you know, thinking that through. So my job of the oldest was to protect them, protect mom and protect my younger siblings. Oh, it's from a lot of responsibility this. for a nine-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as that moves forward, what, ha- what, 
what happens next and how does this affect long term? And, you know, I guess for our listeners, uh, especially somebody who knows somebody who's struggling with these sorts of issues, it's become so prevalent in our culture. Yes. Um, as you navigate th- forward um, and they're listening, um, I guess also, of course, the question is going to come up is, hey, what do I do if I'm in that kind of a situation? And what did you go through that um, you've learned from and looked into? And now you go, okay, hey, if if somebody's in this situation, these are the things that need to be done differently. Yeah, it uh, there. There's so many things that need to be done on on who's the family member yeah. and how's this impacting because it's not just the parents. It's it's you know it's the spouses. Yeah. That are, uh, this uh, and with children, there's so many different layers that this uh, can affect them, impact their lives. Yeah. Like for instance, thinking that my dad believes this. By the time I was 13, I thought, how do you know you're really not a girl, Denise? And so then I started with the gender confusion in the way of acting out in my bedroom. And so, so what? Do you, so you you were wondering if you were a girl? Yes, because I thought if God really made a mistake with Dad, how oh. do you know He didn't make a mistake with you? Oh wow, that's amazing. So um, we're going to be coming up on a break here pretty soon, but th- there's so many different ways, uh, different things to talk about here. And what? Uh, so what time frame was this when this was happening with your dad? Because Today, this is um, people openly talk about these issues, but probably when you were growing up, this was not something that people discussed that often. You didn't even have the resources necessary to to get help and support and encouragement, right? Right. Yes, this would have been the mid seventies. Okay, and so he's making these decisions, and now was he moving into? Um, were there surgical changes that he was, or was this just? Uh, more um he wasn't actually having surgery he was just saying was he starting to dress like a woman and this sort of thing this is where it gets really complicated um my father had remained in the house nobody knowing you know again what he had disclosed to me yeah and it was through many more layers of things that happened in the home with him and i and and how this had played out that i was 28 by the time he had left my mother of 35 years of marriage to become and pursue becky Mm. To be, to be a woman. To be a woman. Okay. So my guest today is Denise Schick. Her website is helpforfamilies.com. That's help, the number four, families.com. Uh, these issues have become so prevalent as our society has become more and more accepting of people identifying as the opposite sex and the issue of homosexuality. And so if you need help, uh, it pays to talk to somebody who's traveled these roads before. And uh, it's not something you should be afraid of getting help for. Um, so just reach out on her website and we're going to continue this discussion when we come back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. And um, I also have these shows on YouTube. You can check them out on YouTube. We've got all kinds of shows uh, with interviews of uh, amazing people. And you can also podcast the show uh, through iTunes or uh, some other um, resource. And my guest today is Denise Schick, and um, we're having a very interesting discussion about gender identity. Her father uh, wanted to identify as a woman, and my hope uh, through this interview is that if you know people that are struggling with these things, that you it will give you some insight in order to be able to reach out in a compassionate and godly way to them, as well as um, also cause you to pray for these kind of situations because we see this in the news a lot i think just recently a transgender wrestler won the women's competition because uh he was so much stronger than the women that he was wrestling against and we see these things again and again and sometimes our immediate reaction can be one of anger or hostility and yet christ is calling us to love people and we have to we have to look at people like Christ looked at the, the, the people that were beating him on the cross that had killed him and crucified him. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And I think a lot of people are stuck in ignorance. They don't know what to do. So, um, Denise, if we could pick up where we left off um, with your testimony. And so you're nine years old. Your father has told you he wants to be a woman. He's revealing all these secrets to you that that uh, really should not be revealed to a nine-year-old. Um, so what happened next as you move on into your high school years and then on to into college? Uh, how did this continue to affect your life and how did you continue to respond? Uh, well, by the time I had to go through the different steps of my life, um, as I had said, you know, by 12, 13, I'm wondering who I am. Yeah. Um, into seventh grade, I needed something to help me to deal with the pain. Uh, just so much turmoil and, and pain inside yeah. that I ran to alcohol. And I thought, you know, something to help numb, yeah. to deal Medicating. with this. Medi- uh, yep. yeah. Looked in for some way to mask what was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, by eighth grade, uh, I became so depressed uh, that I thought about suicide. And it wasn't just thought. I knew what method I would use. 
Uh, to be very honest, it was God and his timing and stopping me from that because it was uh, listening to a show that many of us might remember older with the Phil Donahue. Oh, wow. And so there were there was that specific show and then another one where they started to talk about teen suicide. And the thing that feared me, Kevin, from actually trying to commit the act was discovering on these shows that these teenagers tried to do it, but they weren't successful. Instead, they laid in a coma and another one was paralyzed. And so in my mind, it would have been worse to be paralyzed yeah. or in a coma and hearing my dad's voice or knowing all of this where I wouldn't escape it. Yeah. So it was the fear of not being successful. So that that yeah. had stopped me. Um, shortly, uh, by the end of eighth grade, I thought, well, drugs. You know, the alcohol wasn't numbing it anymore, any longer. Uh, and again, with God and his timing, he brought a young man into my life that was a Christian. And this Christian young boy wanted to get to know me, and there was some value in our relationship uh, and things that was moving me away from the consideration of, of drugs. Yeah. And so it was through that where he, um, this individual, Mark, had given me my first Bible. He went and bought me a Bible. And, you know, I found out how hungry I was for what was in that Bible. I couldn't read it enough. I would go home after school. I'd take it to study hall on the bus. I didn't realize the hunger that I had. I, yeah. I didn't know personally about Jesus Christ being my Lord and Savior. I didn't know that personal relationship. Mm. And yet I also was hungry to know truths yeah. and the truths in the yeah. situation that I was facing. So that's such a powerful statement too, because a lot of times we're afraid to reach out, you know, we're thinking that people are going to reject us. And often, um, you know, people have thirsty souls. They're, yes. they're, they're dying for the hope of Christ because they need help. They're drowning in the mess that is our culture, uh, trying to find satisfaction in, in, uh, sexuality and so forth rather than in, in God. Right. Yeah. yeah. And even though I had that faith in God being raised Catholic, I not having that relationship. And so, you know, it was looking to God and really hanging on to him to still nobody because this uh, young man who's now my husband, Mark, he, he didn't realize, you know, what was happening. It was a little over a year of dating him. And he finally said, why are you like this with your father? Why do you not talk with him? Why are you so cold? Yeah. And, and so that processing of revelation on his part um, and to watch Mark go from being five minutes from our home to everything I disclosed to him to walk into our door and still talk to my dad like he always talked to him, which drew a curiosity because I'm, I'm the judgmental one here. I'm thinking, why are you doing that? I just told you I was yeah. hurt, <laughs> you know, and the pain and what he's done and uh, and I watched him and I continued to watch Mark. And so it was that curiosity, but he was just being Jesus with skin on because he didn't, he wasn't rejecting That's my dad and that relationship yeah. that they had where he continued that. So that was the beginning for me of watching how, how to walk this out, you know, down the road. Well, I married Mark at 18. Um, and, uh, the, probably the most painful thing, you know, is on your wedding day, as I walked up to meet my dad. Uh, put my arm in, inside of his before we walked up the aisle and he turned and he looked at me and he said, I wish it were me in that gown. That's unbelievable. And I just, I, I was just screaming inside, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and saying to God, help get me through, help me get up through that aisle. Help me to put a smile on my face because you've got everybody in that church and how are you going to, to fool everybody oh, when yeah. inside you're just breaking? Um, so it was uh, 10 years after my wedding when my father had left my, my mother and, and pursued becoming a woman. Now, so as you 
uh, it's had just a dramatic impact upon your life and everything. And you're, you know, this is what your ministry does. Um, looking back now, do you understand why your dad was the way he was? Did you uh, reflect on his upbringing and the things that happened on his life? Do you have um, sure. resolution there? What? Yes, because even at nine years old, he had told me that he was sexually molested. Mm. Um, and I knew that my grandmother was an alcoholic. I knew that he perceived um, my grandfather not really loving him. Uh, he didn't have, he didn't connect mm. with my grandfather. So there was a, a distant relationship. So, but when he had revealed to me that he'd been molested and then of course in my mind, I'm putting together what I already knew. I'm thinking, and he doesn't realize this. He doesn't see that this is, these are real wounds yeah. of the heart. Yeah. So was this at back in that time when he was going through this, was this knowledge available? Was there information about that sort of thing and the impact that sexual molestation had on has on people and so forth if there was being that i was so young i wouldn't have uh, have known um what research was out there on somebody that was sexually molested yeah now uh from your understanding was this issue as prevalent um back then as it is today but it was just hidden or would you say that um it's becoming more widespread in our culture because there's more abuse, more sexual promiscuity, more uh, of these sorts of things. Do you? I think it's becoming more prevalent. You I do? definitely okay. think that it is, and I think that it has to do with our culture, uh, with the change, obviously, with those um, that have been sexually molested or the the detachment mm. from the same sex parent, and, and so many different components that go into that. But as well, you know, with the acceptance. Um, our peers are our, our, when we look at the young peers, the young people today, yeah, and they live in a world that, oh, you identify as being transgender. Great. I'm so glad. Be true to yourself. Yeah. You know, they're hearing all these negative messages as far as their identity and who they really are. And yeah. so I really to blame be true the, to yourself. Yes. I, I blame the culture and the fast train that we're on. That this encourages individuals that's, that have other struggles, but they're looking for a place to belong. They're looking for an identity. Yeah. And so they, they take this label. Oh, I, I really want to um, kind of uh, come back to that when we come back from our break. But because you were saying that uh, the idea, be true to yourself, you're actually saying that, that this, is, this is a harmful message. Yes. Uh, and yet our culture is promoting this as, hey, this is the best thing for you. Um, so that's very interesting. So... As Christians, this is uh, something we have to wrestle with is, okay, so how do I be like Mark uh, in the way he treated your father, but at the same time not condone the behavior or say I accept this behavior or it's a good thing, but at the same time continue to reach out to people? That's such an important um, balance that we have to keep. Is that a big part of the focus of your ministry is helping people with that? It is. You know, it's helping people to realize, first of all, is uh, is loved ones, as family members, we don't stop loving our loved ones because they identify as being transgender. And that's a false message that's out there is that if your family doesn't accept you, if they don't accept this identity, then they're against you. Mm. And that is so far from the truth. Yeah. It's so far from the truth. Okay, great. So we're going to, we still have three more segments. If you're listening, I hope you'll stay with us. My guest today is Denise Schick. She's here in San Diego. Um, She's going to be speaking at a conference. And her website is helpforfamilies.com. Helpforfamilies.com. We're going to be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. 
that Denver Broncos quarterback Tim Tebow was homeschooled, along with all four of his siblings, by his mom, Pam Tebow? You're invited to hear Pam share how to successfully educate your children with a biblical worldview at San Diego County's only homeschool conference. Hear local experts as they give you the tools you'll need to help you teach your children. Don't miss the Educate for Life Homeschool Conference, Friday and Saturday, June 8th and 9th, presented by the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, featuring worship with Michael Sanchez of The Voice, well-known local Bible teacher and radio host Tom Cantor, Pat Roy, creator of the Jonathan Park Creation Adventure audio drama series, and Educate for Life's Kevin Conover. Learn more, become an exhibitor, or register online now at registereducateforlife.com. That's registereducateforlife.com. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always just thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit ConoverHomes.com. I'm giving it Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's join.educateforlife.org, J-O-I-N.educateforlife.org. You'll notice if you've been listening to my show that I changed the website. It was educateforlife.org, and I actually still have that website, but... Um, we've started an online school. It's 40 online classes defending the truth of the Bible, and we go through four semesters, so 10 classes per semester for a total of 40 classes. Take it over 10 weeks, one video per week, and it's all online. So um, I hope you'll take the time to check it out. The first class is free, and uh, it's fantastic for homeschool families or Bible studies or independent study, whatever the case. And we do cover uh, some of the issues that, that, that our culture is wrestling with in regards to homosexuality. Why is the Bible opposed to homosexuality? What's going on there? What about these gender issues? And what's wrong with a person deciding, hey, I want to identify as the opposite sex? Why, why should we make a big deal out of that? And so uh, my guest today, Denise Schick, we're, t- we're having this discussion. Her father was transgender and uh, wanted to be a woman desperately. And uh, so, Denise, uh, picking up where we left off, um, he, you said that he was sexually molested, and this was uh, part of what precipitated this. So uh, how does that work? Uh, is this standard, or is this um, – I-, I know that sexual molestation – 
plays a role in uh, confusing people about gender and their sexuality. Can you explain that a little bit for our listeners? Why is that such a damaging thing? Yeah. Well, I think, um, like, for instance, if we talk about a female to male transgender, you know, why would a female struggle in this way or want to be a man? Yeah. Right. So often uh, the female will struggle with her identity because she has either seen, witnessed, or been a part of abuse. Um, and, for instance, a situation where this uh, her mother and dad, you know, would fight, physically fight, and the father had knocked the wife down the stairs while this little girl was witnessing all this type of abuse. And for this girl, it was a personal vow. I don't want to be like mom because she's weak. So it's the way that um, the filtering system, the way that we filter, that we internally filter situations or circumstances. And so to to become a man, she felt that she would have more power. She would have the power mm. to hurt others and not allow herself to be hurt. Yeah. So we, ha- we have to take a look at, uh, listen, you listen to the words, uh, you know, and the situations that the, these folks come from because there's a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, rape. Uh, another, another reason why females will tend to to lean towards this way, be bent towards this way, mm-hmm. is because again, it's it's the power. They see man as the power role, and women as a victim. Have you um, have you worked with a lot of families through this? How many how how long have you been working with families uh, in this? this I, we've been doing this for thirteen years. Oh wow! So you've seen tons of families come yes. through this. So you're very familiar with the patterns that are are happening. So you would you would say that a this is happening because of the breakdown of the family to a large extent uh, that families are not uh, living according to biblical principles. And so what's happening is it's creating these problems. Yes. I I would say that that's one component of it. Yes. Um, And how I don't think husbands and wives realize how they treat each other or even the words that they speak, you know, how that impacts their child on what a relationship as a man and a wife look like. So what do you mean by that? Well, um, just like the the uh, situation there with a the girl with the parents, but for instance, when it comes to the words, you know, if they're battering each other and putting each other down, yeah, then the child's trying to figure out where, what's the best role, you know, as far as the, the gender goes, hmm. um, to look at it that way. And again, nobody wants to be a victim if a young boy is in a situation where the parents are in a a type of a troubled marriage like this. Uh, and he's got a sensitive nature, he's going to lean more towards mom and he's going to look at dad as, as being the bear, you know, and thinking, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. So in the past, I mean, it's not as if abuse um, has just uh, popped up in our uh, generation here. In the past, when, when families would see this, um, you, you know, I don't, my, my mom comes from a generation uh, in the 1940s and so forth. This was not common at all. Um, did people just respond to these issues differently? And and now that our culture is saying, hey, you need to be, quote, true to yourself. If you feel like you're a man, then 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 go ahead. Be transgender. Mm -hmm. Is it because our culture is dealing with this differently that people move towards that? Yes, Uh, I I believe that it is. You know, back when my dad had struggled with this, I remember when he uh, was seen by a psychiatrist. And I also remember when he had stayed at a mental mental institution uh, for a bit. And so all of that, it was like the person needs help. There was an understanding mm. that our, the way that we mentally perceive ourselves, if it doesn't align with reality, then there's a problem there. Yeah. You know, today we're, we're not at all standing by that message. I mean, biology doesn't even stand by reality. 
in some of this. Yeah. And when you're because they're changing biology, is that what you're saying? Well, the, just the fact that biology, if my dad would have died and nobody had any ID or anything and they did say blood work DNA, yeah. they would have discovered that he was a man, no matter what he looked like yeah. on the outside. So we're allowing, we're encouraging as a culture to do cosmetic surgery, mm. to change the outside of a person when inside, you know what? They're, they're still hurting. Yeah. They're still hurting. So but, if somebody were to say, well... They were to say, well, uh, Denise, I think that them being allowed to do that is going to be more beneficial than you telling them, no, you're, you're struggling mentally. There's mental problems here that need to be fixed. Uh, how would you respond to that? What would you say to somebody? I would respond and ask them, why is there a 41% attempted suicide rate? Whoa. Among transgenders? Among people that have either transitioned or identify as being transgender. And 30% of these folks are successful in their attempt. Whoa, that's so heavy. it just shows that it does not fix anything. Even Dr. Paul McHugh from John Hopkins has said that we have wasted valuable time. This is not fixing people. They are coming back to me with you know, a lot of depression and anxiety. So why then is our culture, uh, I mean, we see it in sports, especially what's happening in sports is a lot of these uh, organizations that have power over what's happening in sports are saying, we're going to allow these transgenders to kind of do They're not... They're not. I mean, is this just not widely known that they're they attempted suicide rates and so forth, or are they just saying, "Hey, look, we just we don't want a lawsuit." Just, just. Uh, I think leave in some alone. instances it is that they don't want a lawsuit, and I think it's just gotten carried away. Everybody's listened to the message that if somebody or a child transitions, everybody else will transition with them, and mm. that's what we're seeing happen in our culture. There's actually also the message out there that uh, for a child going through puberty, that they're being it's being suggested to them that their body will betray them. Their body's betraying them to do what it was created to do. Yeah. yeah. How can it betray them? <laughs> yeah. So so um, when you're working with people, do you see healing come about? Um, is this difficult to get through or is it uh, – or do you see a lot of success in working through these issues? I see a lot of success when folks um, – and I say, you know, which the majority of them do when they cling and they hang on to God, they hang on to their faith mm. to take them through this. And that means for the families or the individuals, for the individuals, it is a lot of work because yeah. you're talking about a lot of deep wounds. And it has taken more than likely years for this to manifest and become what it has. Mm. So it's not going to be a quick fix. It's not going to be something where they're going to click their fingers and tomorrow they're going to wake up and be just fine for the most part. Yeah, You know, it is dealing just like for my father, it would have been dealing with the... Uh, with the sexual abuse that would have been dealing with an alcoholic mother. Uh, he actually was tied out on the clothesline uh, with a bull for like a dog oh while gosh. his father went out to work. So there was a lot of mental. He was, he was tied hurt. out on the, the clothes... uh, clothesline. Yes. Like a dog with, with a, a bull collar, with a bull for, um, for water. Oh my gosh. And, and left there. And, you know, as he started, obviously when he got past that age and, the fact that my grandfather went hunting, he didn't, he was a sensitive natured yeah. man. And so my grandfather was a very, a hunter, you know, very aggressive and man, man, yeah, yeah. you know, so they didn't connect either. Mm. So all these different components Variables, play a part yeah, of this. Yeah, yes, yeah. The, there are so many men that are older that struggle with this and they just, they're so hungry for their dad to give them a hug. Mm. For their father to give them a hug. Well, that's important. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about that. What is it as a father? What do I need to do uh, to make sure that my son or my daughter is growing up healthy? How do I best facilitate that? 
Uh, my guest is Denise Schick. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. There's got to be more than going Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Uh, if you're enjoying this interview and you're just you just tuning in and you didn't get the whole thing and you want to uh, listen to the rest of it, it is on YouTube and it will be podcast on iTunes as well. Uh, love to have you check out our videos. Please like the channel. It's Educate for Life video. And uh, like our videos, comment on them. Uh, that gets the information out there. And really, this is not a message that... Uh, is widespread. The media does not want to hear this. This is something that is being suppressed in our culture. Uh, but this is typical. Uh, it's it's not just a physical thing. It's spiritual. It's emotional. It's psychological. And uh, the spiritual world is real, and there's a spiritual war. And so what we want to do is give people truth. Christ said, uh, when you know the truth, right? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. But he said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And that's what really what we're all about here. So my guest today is Denise Schick. Her website is helpforfamilies.com. And Denise, are people able to um, get help from your ministry, e- even though they may not be in the same town as your ministry and what you're doing? Or how does that work? Yes, they are. We have different uh, support groups, uh, support group leaders, but also because 13 years ago, this wasn't really heard of a whole lot. So we had to learn to be very creative and meeting the needs of individuals. And so in between conference calls, Skype, uh, pastoral counseling, 
really just coming alongside of the individual and just like a, a human service, you know, agency, it's you look at what are their needs. We yeah. have a prayer card ministry. There's so many different ways that we try to be creative to come alongside of somebody and know that we understand what they're going through and, and what, that we're here. Uh, what about support? Uh, do you do you have a nonprofit? Do you, yes. Can people um, donate to support what you're doing? Yes, it is a nonprofit. Okay, that's great. So if you have the resources, please uh, support this ministry. Um, this is needed more than ever in our culture, probably historically more than ever that, you know, that we've experienced. So, um, we were talking when we left off last, you were talking about how important it is for fathers, um, to connect with their children and what they need to do in order to make sure that that child is growing up healthy. Can you expand a little bit on that? Uh, what you were talking about there? Sure. When, when we think about attachment and attunement, for instance, something when our children are young, you know, to be able to look into the eyes of our child, when we're telling a story, a storybook, you know, or a conversation, to realize that that eye contact is so important that the, the child feels attuned mm. to what is what happening. What does that mean, attuned? Uh, well, it would be almost like how, how uh, as Americans, we've gotten used to TV, you yeah. know, television. We're zoomed in. Yeah, on the television, on the events, yeah. and we're listening, and we're right there playing this. And so as a dad or a mom even, you know, to be that in tune to your child, to recognize when there's maybe some needs or some struggles going on, to keep open communications, especially with our teenagers today, let them know that they have a safe place to come and mm. talk about gender, talk about the issues that, that is surrounding and, and really drowning oh, our yeah, kids today. That they're struggling with. Yes. Um, but as parents, we've got to take time. We've, we've got to be relational with our children, no matter what age they are. Yeah. Kevin. And it's so easy to just get on your phone or come home and just go about your business. And it's almost like the, the kids are leave, living separate lives um, in so many cases. And it's, it's fascinating to me the incredible impact that what you're saying, uh, to be present with your children has such an incredible emotional impact on them. Yes. Um, and so you were also talking about how, uh, you know, that has to happen in the family, that the, we have to be present with the kids. Uh, and that's going to instill in them what? What is going to be instilled in them as they that's grow up? That's going to instill in them some value, that they're important to you, you know, that they're valuable. Mm -hmm. to the parents and the relationship itself, what you're able to teach or mentor your child through those mm. years, even if it is your values. Yeah. Um, and, and how does that affect their sexual identity? Does it, what's going on there? Um, well, if you have a, a, a healthy, you know, father, mother, the same sex parent, and that relationship is healthy, that is going to give them more confidence as well in themselves and they're going to view if they have a healthy father and, and see that he's safe, that men are safe. Mm. You know, so it, it affects so many different angles of how the child feels about themselves. Yeah. If they, if there is a lack because these things are missing, sometimes it can uh, create the environment where they're seeking that attention. They're seeking the attributes that the same sex parent yeah. or that the same sex peers possesses. So um, I want to talk also about the role of the church in these issues and what that means. But um, also, how how do you uh, recommend people respond to these issues? You know, we have the we have the big uh, target blow up with uh, transgender men being able to use uh, women's bathrooms and these sorts of things. What um, I'm sure this comes up in your uh, ministry and the discussions that take place. How do we respond to this uh, culturally? Uh, what's the Christian, you know, what's the Christian admonition here? What are we supposed to do? 
Well, I think, uh, first of all, to do sometimes the most difficult thing, and that is to love others that we don't understand or others that are really uncomfortable to be around because you don't, again, understand what they're going through or they're so different. So to show that, that can be hard. We can say, I love my neighbor, but are we really acting that out? Yeah. Uh, that is so challenging, but to uh, to understand the depth of pain that mm. many of of the folks that identify as being transgender, and if somebody has come to you and said, you know, this is what I struggle with, to realize the amount of courage yeah. that that took for them to come forward, because that is not easy for them. So often, shame mm. will keep them back in the closet mm. from going forward. And to allow others to come alongside of them. For men, if there is somebody that they know that that is a man that struggles in this way, the best medicine for that man is to have good, godly, healthy men to come alongside of him. And not only uh, hold him accountable, but to really be a friend and show him what that healthy relationship is and what how healthy it is to accept your masculinity mm. and who God had created you to be. That doesn't mean he has to be a football player. Yeah. He, it might be sensitive or, you know, whatever nature sure, or what sure. he likes. But that's not the masculinity part. Yeah. So the same thing for girls, you know, to, to look at that and not want to run from their femininity, but to learn to embrace that through yeah. the healthy relationships that can be brought to them. Now, do a lot of churches, as you're as you're traveling and speaking and doing interviews and these sorts of things, are you seeing a lot of churches pick up, uh, you know, the mantle here, pick up the baton and uh, deal with these issues? Or, or what do you see in the churches? Well, I see, um, first of all, churches that are nervous because of the culture that we live in. And I do understand that um, there is more of a pickup in the last couple of years. Uh, sadly, you know, many times it's the pastor calling and saying, I never thought I'd have to call your type of ministry. Mm. And so they're looking for tools in their toolbox of how to handle whatever situation is that they're looking at and to understand. Hmm. That's great. Well, um, we have one more segment left. We're coming up here on a break. My guest is Denise Schick and, um, her website is helpforfamilies.com if you haven't been listening. And uh, Denise, uh, do you mind if I give out the phone number uh, on the air also? Is that no, okay? that's fine. Okay. The number is 814-598-4952. 814-598-4952. And, um, you know, if somebody's out there right now and you're, you have family members that are struggling with these issues or you yourself are struggling with these issues, um, you know the best thing they can do is reach out to somebody, not keep this hidden. Would you say? Yes, it is. Because when we keep things hidden, we're not moving forward. Mm. And it's really the enemy. When we look at this spiritually, it's the enemy that's stopping us from moving forward in our own healing. Yeah. And so I I do want to touch on too, when we come back, what was the turning point in your life where you began to um, really move towards healing and um, then decided, hey, you know what? This is what God is calling me to reach out and help people with this. We'll be right back. My guest is Denise Schick. Did you know that Denver Broncos quarterback Tim Tebow was homeschooled, along with all four of his siblings, by his mom, Pam Tebow? You're invited to hear Pam share how to successfully educate your children with a biblical worldview at San Diego County's only homeschool conference. Hear local experts as they give you the tools you'll need to help you teach your children. 
Don't miss the Educate for Life Homeschool Conference Friday and Saturday, June 8th and 9th, presented by the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, featuring worship with Michael Sanchez of The Voice, well-known local Bible teacher and radio host Tom Cantor, Pat Roy, creator of the Jonathan Park Creation Adventure audio drama series, and Educate for Life's Kevin Conover. Learn more, become an exhibitor, or register online now at registereducateforlife.com. That's registereducateforlife.com. For 36 years, Fastlane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fastlane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride, 619-222-0766, fastlanesailing.com. At Dana Landing Marina across from SeaWorld, 619-222-0766. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit conoverhomes.com. I will cast my Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. Or if you want to sign up for my online curriculum, it's join, J-O-I-N, dot educateforlife.org. Love to have you check that out. We're also having a debate coming up September 26th. Uh, there's going to be a debate at San Diego State University. It's between Dan Barker. He's the president uh, of the Freedom from Religion Foundation and also a uh, Christian, uh, a man who is a Christian and a scientist, not a Christian scientist, but a, a man who is a Christian and a scientist, Dr. Andy McIntosh. He's from uh, England and he is an expert in thermodynamics. So it should be a very interesting debate. I hope you can make it out. Love to have you. Uh, come and listen. You can ask questions. It's going to be really good. My guest today is Denise Schick, and her ministry is Help for Families, helpforfamilies.com. And her father uh, pursued, um, wanted to become a woman. He was a, a man who wanted to become a woman. Um, Denise, did he ever um, draw the conclusion that he was going in the wrong direction uh, before he he passed away? Yes. Uh what happened there towards the end of his life? Uh, towards the end, it was it was 13 years where he had been gone mm-hmm. away from our family. And my mother had let me know at that time that he was dying of cancer. Mm. And um, it was through that time where I had to learn a whole new lesson on what forgiveness, genuine forgiveness, was really about. Because the Lord started to knock on my heart and mm. say, you need to face him and you need to forgive him now. And of course, I'm thinking I had done that, you know, through my walk of being a Christian where Oh, I forgive him, Lord, and thinking that I did. But the minute dad did something to hurt our family again, 
you know, I wanted, I felt like it was a power. Yeah. It was something that I had power, uh, power over him. And so this is where it was just listening to the Lord for two weeks. And it was finally like, okay, you know, I'll go see dad. Now, 13 years is a long time to be away from somebody that's transitioning. And so at that time, my husband was working away from home and my brother went with me. And we walked up to the door and I knocked on the door the first time and he didn't answer. And I looked at my brother and I said, well, he's not home, you know, thinking I was going to get off the yeah. <laughs> off the handle here. But that didn't happen. Um, my brother looked at me and he said, knock one more time, Denise. <laughs> and of course, you knock one more time. And I seen my father coming towards the door. And now I say I see my father. But because of looking at, at the outside, I kept telling myself, even then, look at his eyes, look at his eyes. Don't allow everything else because I knew I, it would just break me apart. Mm. And so as he opened up the door and after talking with him for about 10 minutes, I realized he didn't know who I was. Whoa. And I said to him, you don't know who we are, do you? And he said, well, you're from hospice. I said, no, this is your son and I'm Denise, your daughter. And the tears for the first time in this cold hearted man's heart. It was the first time I've ever seen my dad that tender. And he got up and stood up off the couch and come over to hug my brother and I. Now, I'm just being honest with you. He hugged us, but we were not ready to hug him mm. back. I was not in a place. We were not in a place to do that. But yeah. it was big for us to allow him. Oh, sure. Especially myself, because there was some um, inappropriate touching between him and I as a young sure. girl as well. Sure. So it was walking through this process, and, and I got in my brother's car afterwards, and I'm like, okay, God did what you said. I'm done. I'll never tell God you're yeah, done. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, what I discovered is that God had moved my heart, and it was I wanted to understand my dad now as an adult, mm. not that nine-year-old girl. And I wanted him to know the love of God. Mm. And so this desire grew and grew. And so when I got home, it was about a four-hour trip. And before I knew it, I was calling my dad every day and making trips to Pittsburgh to see how he was, you know, to spend that time with him. It was so important, especially when he was in the hospital and knowing he wouldn't come out. And that was through some more difficult challenges um, that I had personally faced with him. Mm. And nothing can prepare a family member uh, that walks into the hospital room, you know, for my mom who was with us to, to see her husband in pink fuzzy slippers and a women's nightgown and, you know, his LGBT church mm. inside. And so, you know, hearing them call my dad Becky and her, and I would say, you mean him, my dad, Harold. And it wasn't done in a way to uh, to create a, a hateful environment, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, it was, I felt in my heart, I was the only one speaking the truth. Mm. I was speaking clarity and trying to remind him of who he really was because he was so deceived in this identity. Yeah. So is that a lot of what you have to work through as far as um, really coming to a person and saying, hey, you really need to identify who you are? Is that when you work through these issues? It it is first working through the the wounds of the heart and the soul that they have. Okay. You know, and working like if they've been sexually molested or if they felt rejected with their dad to work on those relationships because you know what? God, the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll bring that about in the conversations when that person, you know, is ready. Um, But for myself, it was was really learning the true meaning of forgiveness. Mm. And I didn't realize 
what God had been doing in those six months in that hospital room. And the last day my husband and I went to go see him, he was in a coma. And I'm like, Lord, I've been looking for these scriptures and now I have them and now he's in a coma. Mm. Feeling like that chance was lost, but I took up the chance that he might be able to hear me. Yeah. And I slid up a chair and this is the most amazing, this is the 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 gold out of this journey yeah. was when I went to tell my dad goodbye that day. Once my siblings had arrived, cause we still had four young children at home and uh, needed to get back. I didn't feel safe leaving him there without them. I, I was uh, finding that there I am warming up my dad's hand. You see, I'm noticing his body's growing cold Yeah, and having tears in my eyes and and as I went to say goodbye to him, just him and I in that room, yeah. and I bent over to kiss him on the forehead, Kevin, that's what I realized what God's amazing grace mm. was all about. There is no way in heaven you would have seen me do that 30 years before that. Mm. I was not in a place and I didn't really offer genuine forgiveness. So for myself, this is a lesson of forgiveness that the Lord has taken me through. Yeah. And that's one of the most amazing things to me is about Christ, you know, is that um, so many situations in life we can become incredibly bitter and uh, hold grudges for most of our life um, because of what people have done to us or how they've hurt us or or we can be experiencing that be, uh, because of the mistakes we've made and uh, the sins we've committed. And uh, yet Christ uh, is the ultimate redeemer of uh, hurt and broken relationships and what he does and that that's integral to your ministry because without that you can't do this no we we have to look at our own heart and examine ourselves with family members it's uh, really getting to a point where i can say to them this journey isn't just about your loved one this is about what does god want to do with you and in your own heart uh, and sometimes yeah. that's us facing our own monsters yeah and that's so powerful um, Denise Schick is my guest and, uh, please visit her website, helpforfamilies.com. They're also, um, you can donate to their ministry and what they're doing. Uh, the phone number is 814-598-4952. Please reach out and, um, just take the opportunity to, uh, get help and get healing and, uh, learn from somebody who's traveled a path that, uh, maybe you're on or a family member's on. And uh, don't give up on people because um, God doesn't give up on us. And uh, we want to continue to pray and reach out to those around us who needs God's love. And uh, so, Denise, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Huge blessing. Um, Again, uh, if you want to visit my website, you can check out a YouTube video of this show. You can also podcast it. And again, our debate is coming up on September 26th. Please come out to San Diego State University if you're local here in San Diego. And uh, that'll be between Dan Barker and Andy McIntosh. I have the honor and privilege of being a moderator there. It's being put on by APNA Hope and my ministry, Educate for Life. So uh, God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful Saturday. And I look forward to being with you again next week. We're going to be having uh, Mike Conroy, Director of Teen Challenge here in San Diego, California, uh, along with some other people who have been recovered from addiction uh, addictions to drugs. Teen Challenge is one of the largest drug addiction recovery ministries in the world. And they are incredibly successful because of Christ. 
And so uh, God bless you. Have a fantastic Saturday. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry. We're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. 